Calvary Cast listeners, we are back. Episode 127 coming to you on Valentine's uh-huh. Day. This is what you were. If you didn't know what to get your significant other, here it is. It's us. <laughs> Share this podcast with them. Share this podcast with, with your love. We'll make their day with your loved loved ones. I am Graham, he is Jess, and the laughter you heard in the background <laughs> is Aiden. Unmistaken. Yes. Unmistakable. <laughs> A very uh, uh, unique, recognizable, recognizable laugh. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's how I was introduced last time, was because the first thing that you could hear of me <laughs> was yeah, me laughing as I was <laughs> Yeah, see, there, there's lots, <laughs> lots of lots of uh, of giggling. That's good. That's yes. good. Aiden is. I don't know. You're not a guest. We don't have you here because you have great things to say. Wow! No, we don't. No. <laughs> we don't want you to. <laughs> Who gave him the microphone? Yeah. Well, I, I, as the the lead voice on this podcast, I can I can throw jabs at like that. <laughs> I, you know, that comes from a heart of sincere love. And you do have good things to say. I'm sure you'll contribute greatly to this conversation. Thank you. But we have you here because you are a major podcast host in yeah. your own right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Major is the right word. Started because you're on our podcast, doing the same thing, just sitting in, yeah. having fun, right? Uh, and then you're like, I can do better. Yeah. You. You. You prompted my great success. Yes. <laughs> as a podcast. So. Yeah, that yeah yeah uh, in the yeah I, in the small podcast world we're all small fish, and you're still small fish. And we are small fish, <laughs> but we you. are the number one podcast of, from a Bible church in Grand <laughs> Colorado. Yes, yes. We're gonna do some research on the county thing because I think it's Mesa County, but we'll just say how are you gonna research that? I don't know. Carefully, I'm sure you can Google. Can't you just Google? Yeah, but podcasts aren't linked to a locale unless they. But we can figure it out. All right, let's do a little research. We'll just call every Bible church in Mesa County. <laughs> do you guys have a podcast? No? Perfect. <laughs> okay, that's have a great day. No. <laughs> <laughs> Go look up there. Yeah. Uh, that's no a, reason I'm asking. I'm just betting that that's the case. Okay. Mesa County's not that big. You know it'd be even cooler. Oh, who forgot to mute their phone? Maybe we could get <gasps> Western Colorado. That's oh, a goal. Snap. We got goals we're trying to yes. attain to here. Anyway. Actually, though, the reason Aiden is here is because big announcement. I need some like. If you haven't seen it, we have new album. Jess hasn't actually even seen it. I don't think. Oh what? I haven't seen it. I'm sorry. I texted him the designs and he didn't. Oh man. Oh okay. I saw the designs. Yeah. What did we choose on one of those? We did. We did. Hold on. I'll text it to you right now. This is live reveal on air reaction. Reveal here. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Uh, this is exciting. Oh, man. Let's see here. I'm also scared. All right. Here it comes. <laughs> the suspense is killing me. Did yes. Did you get it? Oh. <laughs> Nothing. Oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. we heard the notification. Oh. What do you think? Very nice. Now, Aiden, yes. what inspired you to make such a wonderful piece of podcast art? You know, let me tell you. It all started... <laughs> it all started with a little podcast. Yes. It transformed my world. It took me from rock bottom to <laughs> now, the top. What what inspired the color scheme? Because this is a fantastic color scheme. <laughs> he can't control himself over there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> I don't even... 
you know, it was just inspiration from those around me. Okay. You know, yeah, that's good. something felt right that's about good. it. How many, I can't imagine the amount of time you had to put in. Put, how many hours? And maybe you should put it in terms of years. Because <laughs> surely this, this um, took years. Yeah, it, it I, did. Actually, <laughs> yes. The, the birth of this idea started in, in 2014. Before the podcast <laughs> existed. Yes. Wow. So, yeah. so it's been a long time coming. It's been a long Let time. Let me tell you that. For the listener, it's important that you look at the the artwork as yep. you're listening as to you're that. Listening so to that, that yeah. It would be good if you could make it bigger the as you're looking at it, really examine it to yes. get into the details, to see the yep. nuances that are communicated you, in it, this work of art. It may get emotional. It might get emotional. Mm-hmm. Don't lose your composure though. Right. Right. So try to try to maintain some control. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's inspiring. <laughs> It'll move you. It'll move you. Uh, speaking of things that moved you, <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> that's not <laughs> your morning cappuccino. <laughs> I was gonna say that is not a good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Whatever <man>. comes next, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm very uh, worried about. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we've lost it. Lost oh, control already. No. Did you guys, do you have any opinions on the He Gets Us commercials? Oh, gosh. I was just talking about I this with Mark, actually. Okay. And about how it's... <laughs> I actually was expecting both of you to say no. But you no. have oh. I remember it from last year. I was looking for it to see if they did it again. And I sounds like, oh, still don't know what they're trying to say. Or, but, oh, I think, I think I know what they're trying to say, and it's still not great. Yeah, Matt Walsh was talking about it. And he was saying, here, here they invested lots of money, and they had one shot at presenting Jesus. Jesus, yep. And it's really nothing of the gospel. Um, obviously, everything in there was socially charged. Right. Of you know, almost as if to say Jesus is okay with these yep. unacceptable things. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, just, just another reason I wish mainstream people would just. Leave Christianity alone. Who keeps right. forgetting oh, to mute their phone? That's embarrassing. Who was that? That was Matt Walsh. Calling <laughs> yeah. We're actually talking about this. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, I I agree. It was uh, uh, well, one I thought it'd be interesting thing to talk about because the internet has been blown up with it. A uh, couple of things people pointed out. One, Jesus only washed the disciples' feet, so he only washed his followers' feet. That's right. And then he had his feet washed by. Uh, Mary Magdalene with her tears, yeah. you know, and uh, and he said, "Do this to one another." Yeah, this wasn't like Christian people were supposed to be running around the world right. washing, washing everybody's feet. feet. This was the it, and like many people said, it's presenting a vision of Jesus that is appealing to you in your state, right? Like, yeah, it's right. not calling you to anything else. So and that's like even with the <clears throat> argument when people talk about, well, Jesus hung out with sinners, and but it was you know it was for the intent of saving them you know it wasn't like yeah hung out hang out with them because it's fun and cool right like i'm, I'm here to save their souls yeah <laughs> miss missed the missed the uh an opportunity there yeah. on that one so all right that was the only cultural moment i thought we'd hit on that's three weeks cultural in a row now moment hitting tough, tough hot hot button hot button things so uh topic of the day topic Oof. of the day thank you ai <laughs> It's loud in our ears, but it won't be loud on yours because I will fix that in the edit. Uh, Topic of the day 
I'm not sure what we're going to call this, but I'm going to start with just the necessity of singing. Yeah. Singing is an imperative. An imperative. Command. For those who don't know what imperative means. That's right. It's a command. In the Bible. In the Bible. Uh, (laughs) This comes, a couple of things that we want to do here today. Some of this flows out of your sermon on Sunday, talking about spirit-filled people. It it flows out of one of the points that I didn't get to. One of the points, it was probably about 35 minutes past <laughs> what I ended at. <laughs> if I would have gone the whole stretch of this. This, this mini-series has turned into a maxi-series. Yes. If you would continue adding to it. Be... <laughs> we got nothing but time. We got nothing I'm but time. I'm a young time. man. <laughs> Getting older all the time. Anyway, so what, what was it that you wanted to bring out and that our... This is for our church. Mm-hmm. We want our church to be a singing church. Right. And not just because there it's not that there's no reason or biblical warrant. It's actually critical that we be a singing people. Yeah. It um there are so many things we could say about this, but we're not going to say all those things. Right. But um singing, we sing. If somebody were to say, Why do you sing? You sing because this is one of the things that God has given to the church in order for us to express our praise of Him. It's a biblical command to sing. Uh, we talk about, in you know, Protestant circles, the regulative principle that the way we worship must be governed by what God tells us to do in worship, so we don't invent our own ways of worshiping our God. And one consistent way, both in, in the Old and New Testaments, that the people of God are to worship Him is through singing. Uh, God is the creator of music. Music comes from God. Mm -hmm. Uh, Music is a part of heaven. You know, you can read about the new song Mm. of Revelation 5, 8 to 10, and they sang a new song, Worthy are you to take the scroll, to open its seals, for you were slain by your blood, you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. This is in the form of song that God is being worshipped. Uh, the whole psalm book is a, is a book of songs yeah. written to be sung amongst God's people. The psalms are referred to as the hymn book of God's people. And in them you have commands like this, Psalm 96, O oh, sing to the Lord a new song, sing to the Lord all the earth, sing to the Lord, bless His name, tell of His salvation from day to day. Those those first two verses of Psalm 96 are not a suggestion. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, this is what you do. You sing to the Lord. Uh, Psalm 100 says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. Yeah. So singing is a part of being a the people of God. It's what God has given to us to to in part, to praise Him, right. to worship Him, and expressing our praise in Psalms. So the reason kind of we're talking about this is, you know, I guess there can be concern sometimes if people don't sing. Yeah. I, and I think culturally, um, not just at our church, but other churches, sometimes you'll look around and certain people aren't singing. And and it may be because that person may have a legitimate reason for right. not singing. Can't so we physically don't judge. sing. Yeah, we don't want to judge people on this, but they, they physically can't sing. Something's wrong. Vo- vocal cords are damaged. Vocal cords are yeah. damaged. Something like that, that they're not singing. But that was, is probably a rarity. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I think we see this largely among men uh, that a lot of the men, well, maybe not a lot, but a number of men in our culture mm-hmm. just don't feel comfortable singing. Mm-hmm. And, um, they, but they need to be instructed that this is part of what right. it is to be the people of God. <clears throat> is, is there to a degree, almost a, a certain feeling of vulnerability, <laughs> right? Because it is an emotional thing to sing. Right. And so passionate singing is emotional. And as men like, we're like, ah, I don't really want to veil. <laughs> right. Or I want to veil my emotions other than like, I'm a man. Yes. You know? But again, that doesn't reflect scripture. No, it doesn't and reflect scripture. Especially, you know, the biggest example of this would be David, of course. Yep. He was the sweet psalmist of Israel, yes. right? And I mean, he was a manly man, but he expressed <laughs> his emotion to God and his worship to God through the songs yep. he wrote and sung. Yep. Um, so you can be a singing warrior like you, David. You should be. <laughs> you should and, be. Um, so w- we wanted to just talk about music a little mm-hmm. bit there because there could be a number of reasons why people might choose not to sing mm-hmm. on a Sunday morning. What I'm saying is they shouldn't choose not to sing. Right. They should sing unless, again, there's some physical ailment going on. Right. One but, other, before you move into that, I'm going to comment on one other thing, why people might not sing and what we do to try and combat that. Mm-hmm. In a lot of churches, right, it is a performance-oriented event, mm-hmm. and it discourages singing. That's right. You know, music is so blurringly loud, you can't hear yourself sing. Mm-hmm. The It's sung in a key that's unattainable. <laughs> it's sung with all sorts of vocalizations, and right. it's not sung straight. That does make it hard to sing. Yep. And in those churches, they're not really concerned. The whole premise is performance. That's right. But not in a biblical church, right? That we're saying, no, we want to help people sing, that's encourage right. them to sing. Yep. So so everything goes with that. Because that's part of the that I think that's part of the problem is that if people weren't raised in a church tradition mm-hmm. that encouraged congregational singing, right. I grew up knowing hymns, singing hymns to, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, every week, and you learn over those years to sing. Yes. But if you were raised in, a, you know, more of a seeker-sensitive model where it's more of a concert, mm-hmm. and you can sing in, sometimes they want you to chime in, sometimes, you know, <clears throat> but most of the time it's just them. I can see that. But other times, I think with men, it's what you hit on earlier, which is a lot of times it's just almost a pride. It's like a pride issue because yeah. it's a fear of man issue. Mm-hmm. It's like, I can't sing well, so I don't want anybody to hear me. But, you know, that is just nothing more than a pride issue. And yep. and you can learn to kind of follow along with the song, and um, God is commanding you to do this, so I would put some time into thinking through it and mm. learning how to sing. So, And then there's one other passage, but I'm not going to bring it up now because it's going to be in the sermon. It's where <laughs> I'm going to park the sermon this week. And that's out of Ephesians 5, yeah. that the Spirit-filled community how would you identify it? They're singing They're together. Singing. And um, so that's that's an, another thing. But just to intro this, before mm-hmm. we get into some practical mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. Um, we are supposed to be singing, and it should be that result of what's going on in our hearts to God. Yeah. And music is a way in which it's a gift. It's a way in which we all get to proclaim these things together. It, it so wonderfully reflects our unity in the body, right? Because as people working together to, yep. to sing, right? Uh, a, a whole choir sounds better than one individual. A whole congregation lifting their voice in praise pictures that unity we have in the body. And it's 
it's not only a result of the work of the Spirit in us, like you'll preach on Sunday, but and I'm sure you'll touch on this as well, Colossians 3, it is ministering to others. Mm-hmm. And when we fail to do that, man, we are missing out on a vital opportunity, not just for our own hearts to be warmed and encouraged and and ministered to, but also the opportunity to minister to others. So you really... If you choose not to sing, mm-hmm. like actively say, I'm just not going to sing. I don't like to sing. I'll do this. You're, you're <laughs> depriving your brothers and sisters in Christ of the opportunity to to be fed the Word. Right. And, and as we'll see this week, even with the Spirit-filled aspect to this, because it's in Ephesians 5 where it says, be filled with the Spirit, be being filled, being controlled. And he goes right into that worship service where everybody's singing to the Lord, and they're singing to one another, as you mentioned. It's this overflow of what the Spirit is doing on the inside. Yeah. If you looked out at a congregation, if, if we were to tell people, yeah, the churches are the Spirit-filled community of people who love God now and yeah. praise God, and you looked out over our congregation, or any congregation, I'm not going to pick on our people, but any congregation, during a worship service where they're singing, the portion of the worship service where they're singing, would you see the evidence of a Spirit-filled people? Mm -hmm. Would you see joy? Mm -hmm. Would you see love? Mm -hmm. You know, passion for God? Um, What would you see? And I think there, there is the element where some people just have certain personalities that you don't, they don't show a lot of emotion. Their temperaments don't, Mm -hmm. Um, allow them to for whatever reason, but I think that I think that God changes even that within us when yeah. He changes the heart. And I would say a part of letting the Spirit work in us would be learning to sing with His people on a Sunday morning. Yeah, in from the heart, making melody to the Lord from the heart, and doing so with a a level of enthusiasm mm-hmm. that reflects what's going on in our heart for God. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say a lot of times what people need to do is just focus on what's being sung. Focus on mm-hmm. those words. And it's it's the whole congregation's opportunity to preach truth. Mm-hmm. You're proclaiming truth in song, and think about what you're singing and the truthfulness of it, and you know, recognizing that we're here gathered together before God and we're singing to Him. So I think that if we think in that way, it, it will help. Yeah. It will help us. I'll add one other thing, just building on that before we move into our second part we want to get to here. But you think about focus on the truthfulness of a song. One of the things that I think is so powerful about music is that it is by its very nature emotive, right? It is emotional. And so I love the line Bob Coughlin says that music helps us to feel the truth. Mm-hmm. And this is where I think to certain degrees, some songs resonate more with other people, with some people than others, because music is emotional. So therefore it's preferential as well. There are things I prefer versus things that I don't. But so it is this wonderful combination though, where I can focus on the truth and be like, wow, that's a, an amazing way to state that truth. But then it's doubly powerful when it's combined with music that moves my my soul as well. Mm-hmm. So, Which should lead us into, because I think one of the problems with people not singing sometimes could be, I don't like this song, yes. or I don't like this kind of music. Right. Um, so what's the answer to that? How do you, how do you choose songs, and wh- how do we work through that? 
Well, the answer to I don't like this song is to learn that whatever Graham does and leads is the right thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just mm. like what I like and there, there'll be no problem. <laughs> See, that's where I need that Thanks. sound effect I was talking about earlier. Right. With the organ playing. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So this is a big question, right? And this is a big issue and has, I mean, for years divided the church music style, what songs we're going to sing and what songs we're not going to sing. And it still is. I mean, I get, and these are not negative comments, but I mean, people make comments about songs. Hey, I like that one. Wasn't a fan of that one, which is fine. I I enjoy hearing that feedback and, and uh, we have good conversations around those things. Um, But there is an element you do have to understand when you come into the church, music is inherently preferential. Some people are going to have stronger preferences than others. And so I think there's an element of, forbearance and patience that should take place and that we can give up some of our preferences. Um, you and I were talking about this yesterday that not every song that we sing is our favorite. Not every song I lead is my favorite song. Not every sermon text that you preach is like your favorite sermon text. (laughs) But there is something to be said for in the body of Christ over time, singing these songs together, uh, submitting ourselves to one another that the, the Lord uses that. Um, so what was the question you asked before I... Well, I'm just saying, getting into the... Since since sometimes people may say, yes. let's just let's just imagine something. <laughs> something <laughs> say I would sing if you would start yeah. playing songs I like or okay. I know. Yeah. Okay. So to that answer, I think you say, one, you just realize you're not going to like every song that we sing. But yet there's... I, I, like you said earlier, I hope that people would look a little bit de- deeper than that. So understand we sing different kinds of songs and different types of songs and f- moods of songs for different reasons. The other... the other One other thing before yeah. you go on to the next. you can We can say, well, I, I understand what you're saying, so maybe these newer songs or these other songs are, are... There's something you need to learn. But it doesn't change the imperative of Scripture, which is... Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing mm. to the Lord all the earth. So, you know, or come into His presence with singing. The imperative of singing to the people of God is not contingent on right. what's being sung. Right. And new songs are literally encouraged. Yes. In Psalm ninety-six. Yep. Yep. So, you know. Anyway. Well, okay. So I'll start here. When. Maybe just a, a how do I pick a song on a weekly basis? We'll just start there. So we have a structured liturgy that we work through every week. I hope it's very clear to people by now what we're trying to accomplish. We're walking through the gospel. And so that shapes, one, the content of the song. You know, if I think, if if we're calling people to worship at the beginning of the service, I don't necessarily want a song that is uh, thinking about, suffering in this life, per se, right? Now, that could be used in that way, but something that is going to more explicitly call us to worship God for who He is, right? Here's a character of God. He's calling us to worship Him. We respond in that way. So I think about that. So that's one element. Then I'm picking songs of adoration and praise that are specifically focused on the character of God. So like this last week, holy, holy, holy. That's a song that's talking about who God is, specifically causing us to to look at Him that way. Then I often think in terms of confession, singing songs of confession that deal with our sin and deal with what Christ has done, how we should think and feel about our sin. Then that moves us into the assurance of pardon, where we're singing songs that are explicitly declaring uh, the full forgiveness that we have in our sin, from our sin, the 
the complete work of Christ on our behalf. And then often we sing during the Lord's table, which is, again, a, a focus specifically on the cross. And then after that, we move into usually a song of response or a song of sending, which is is thinking about, okay, now how does the gospel affect how I live my life? And that affects suffering, that affects the future kingdom that's coming, that affects missions, that affects all these different areas. So so I'm always thinking in those categories when I'm picking picking songs. Um, oftentimes we get questions about old song versus new song, right, in that way, and you mentioned mentioned that. So hymns, we sing hymns in our church, which for some people, if you come from a like a seeker background, that's really odd. You know, you might sing one or two hymns, but hymns are important. Hymns are, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but they're metrical compositions. What makes a hymn unique is that every line is the same. So like verse one and verse two and verse three and verse four are all the same syllabic pattern. So it's it's poetry set to music. That's what makes it so effective. And that's why the church has sung hymns for centuries, because once you learn one line or one verse, you can sing the rest of the song. And it, 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 it is inherently uh, memorable in that way. So it's important. So that uh, m- metrical element, that similar syllabic pattern helps us to, to memorize those things. And then the tune, music is just memorable in itself. So when a tune fits well with that, that uh, metrical setting, it helps us helps us to uh, remember it. So that's why we sing hymns. <clears throat> the best hymns, I think, have a good tune that combines with that good metrical setting. But then we also sing new songs, right? We sing like uh, this last Sunday, right? We, we introduced this song, Jesus Firm Foundation, which is 10, 12 years old, written, something like that. But it's essentially a fresh take on the hymn, How Firm a Foundation, which is a great hymn. But in some ways, like I looked at that and I said, you know, that tune is not my favorite tune. It could use some freshening up. And so this is a good way to do that. So it helps. What it does is it changes the, gives a new, uh, helps us to see the words in a new light, freshens it up that way. Does that make sense? That makes sense. (laughs) It makes (laughs) sense. Perfect sense. sense. (laughs) Sometimes two people ask, because we do a lot of retuned hymns. So this is maybe another little factoid, right? Prior to the mid-1800s, hymnals did not have any music in them, right? It was just uh, lyrics printed on a page, and you knew based on the meter of that, that, uh, that, that text, and then you had basically tunes that you had just memorized, and you could apply that tune to a number of different places. And the tune does change the emphasis in some ways, or brings out a different emotion in a song. Mm-hmm. So think about, we and we do this at our church, we sing When I Survey the Wondrous Cross to two different tunes, right? There's one called Hamburg, which is um, When I Survey, that's the one tune. And then we sing it to one called Oh Wally, Oh Wally, which is a Appalachian folk tune, <laughs> which is one of my, I, I think it's beautiful. And that's the, when I survey the wondrous cross. So you're singing the same song, but to two different tunes and it does something different, emphasizes it different, mm-hmm. gives it a different feel. Mm-hmm. Um, we do the same thing with come you sinners, right? We have the old, uh, more traditional tune with an added chorus. And then we've introduced another tune. That's a more modern sounding one that fits better with a band um, so that element, but it brings out a different feel, a different emphasis, emphasis in the song, or sometimes we use the same tune 
for two different songs. So Come Thou Long Expected Jesus and Jesus What a Friend for Sinner, same tune, right? Um, I don't know where I was going with all that, but uh, I, it was interesting to me <laughs> yeah, to think and about. sometimes I think you just start a sentence not knowing where you're going. And I then... like Michael Scott in that way. That is true. <laughs> that is true. No, but, that was good. No. Helpful. I, but I, the point is, is that, that different tunes... Uh, bring out, well, as Kevin Twitt, who founded uh, Indelible Grace Music, so we sing a lot of their songs, he said, you know, there are more emotional nuances in a hymn than one tune can bring out. So sometimes it's helpful to have different tunes. That's why we retune hymns, because it, express it. it helps us to see an old truth in a new way because, because of that. So that's how we choose songs. Right. That's why we do things, you know, we can change hymns, we can do different things. The main point being, you should sing. Right. And all of the music that we choose is um, congregational in the sense that if if a person would try, they can learn that yeah. song. And then over time, we, we build a new right. repertoire of, of music, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, and I think like songs serve a, a season in a church's life, right? Like there's some songs that we've introduced in the five and a half years I've been here that we've already retired, right? Because it, it served for a purpose and then it let me, and then, and then I went like, ah, this isn't really doing what doesn't serve any service well anymore. And then to the singability question, right? That is one thing because people often say what songs are singable and what's not. Well, that's a little bit dependent on your context. Mm -hmm. um, some churches will think one song is singable and another's not, mm -hmm. you know? So it just depends on, on where you're at and like, I hope over time I've grown to know the congregation. I know what we sing well, mm -hmm. what we don't sing well. Right. Um, some songs, the melody line can be really complicated and things like that might not fit as well. Some songs that are maybe like overly syncopated might might not be very singable. But that that's again some of that's that's preferential. And I, I think the important <clears throat> thing too is we see music as something God has prescribed for us to do together and in our worship. And really, when you come into a worship service, every element of that worship service is important. Yeah. And we should we should have a joy in each element of it yeah. and a passion for each element. It's not like it should be, let's get the music over right. for the sermon, or can we get the sermon over with so we get to the song, or whatever it would be. Or, you know, I think that seeing each of these elements of the, of the service is important. But really seeing one of the unique features of being the Christian church has always been the people get together and sing. Yeah. So if you don't have enjoyment in that, pray to God for enjoyment yeah. in it. Figure out how you can find enjoyment in it. Figure out the roadblocks in your own mind that would be preventing you from singing. Yeah. Figure those things out and then defeat them. Yeah. You know, we got, when we become Christians, we change. If you say, well, I've just never been a singer... So what, what you've never been? This is what God has made us to be now. You could honestly say from Scripture, I think you could say, God has made every Christian a singer. Yep. Maybe not a good one. Right. <laughs> okay, that's not what we're talking about here. But God has made every Christian, by His Spirit, a singer. Yep. And we're to be doing this together. So, so we've got to rise above these roadblocks in our minds that stop us from being fully who God's called us to be. Yeah. And we, you know, we talked about this as the church last week. We talked about the fact that 
the, that God is displaying his wisdom in the church right now to the rulers and authorities. Mm-hmm. You think about them watching us in our worship. Yeah. They having seen heaven, most likely, and seen this manifestation of God's glory, and they're looking at how we're praising him, what would they be thinking? Mm-hmm. Like, probably a lot of, wow, you are really gracious to save yeah. these kinds of people who don't even express any <laughs> passion for you and their singing, right? I mean, I'm thinking we, we, we are the people of God. If what we believe is true, let's try to Let's let's incorporate that into every element of our worship, mm-hmm. including our singing. And I'm not saying that every week I come in all enthusiastic about singing. Sometimes things are going on in life, or you're tired, or you don't feel mm-hmm. good. I get those things. That's human. But let's gear up our minds. Let's gird up the loins of our minds, so to speak, mm-hmm. and let's let's just sing to the Lord and make a joyful noise to Him. It, it's a, by faith. I believe this is what God has called me to do and that he's going to meet me in this and minister to my heart you know in ways i'm going to make one other like admonition and you already kind of touched on it a little bit but if you think about the songs that we sing and you love the old hymns but you're not super geared up about newer songs i would encourage you to consider that maybe the new songs are saying something that old hymns aren't right in a new way and that's helpful for you right um, and vice versa. If you're not real keen on hymns and you'd rather have like older historic hymns, but you, and you'd rather have just more new modern songs that are just like upbeat and vibey, you know, for lack of a better <laughs> word, I'd encourage you to consider the hymns and the, what they're doing. Consider the the lyrical structure, consider the pictures that they're putting in there, mm-hmm. the images that they're giving you, the way they're building upon one another. And you'll be like, wow, there's some depths, yeah. some profundity. You could even do <laughs> a little there. research into the history of some of yes. those hymns because yep. it's rich and the yep. people that wrote them. So, yeah. Well, this has kind of been a wandering conversation. Anything else either of you have to close us with? Anything, <laughs> any final thoughts? I do like what you're talking about. Even if you're not naturally a singer, like personally, I don't like, I mean, I'm first, like, at least for me being a drummer, you know, like I just typically when you're talking about songs, like uh, it's easy for me as a drum, like any song <laughs> singable for me because I'm just behind the kit. But, but there is like, even just being that like instinctually, like even when I was a kid, I would be like playing the drums in my head before I would sing. So I didn't sing, even though I've been saved since I was like five or six. I didn't actually really start singing in church till like four or five years ago, mm. maybe. And so, and it was like, because of camp, I was up at camp and I started singing. I was like, oh, <laughs> this, this is good. This <laughs> like is good. I saw like the joy in it. And then as you continue <clears throat> to do it, you know, it is a, it does minister to your soul and especially like hearing people sing, you know, like when I'm up playing on a Sunday and I'm, if I'm thinking about too much of what I'm playing, it'll throw me off. Yeah. But if I can hear everybody singing, that, like, encourages me. And I just stop, like, I don't stop caring about what I'm playing, but I'm hearing the people sing. I'm like, okay, I'm doing my job well enough that yeah. people aren't thinking about what I'm doing. But it does, like, minister to my soul and then allows me to play, yeah. like, with more passion. But then also on the flip side, when I'm just singing and not playing on a Sunday morning, 
and I'm listening to people sing. Like again, sometimes I'll be in my own head, but like, <laughs> am I sounding okay enough? You know, especially seeing like standing next to my mom, who's a great singer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, am I singing well enough? But but again, if I'm focusing on like what you're talking about, the words that I'm actually singing. And then hearing everybody else in the room singing then, like, I feel like my heart kind of be kindled up Mm. more so than, oh, I'm singing this really well. (laughs) Because that's that's not encouraging. But hearing people sing, you know, and I think you talked about this before, is like, if you see somebody that you know is suffering, singing with joy, that ministers to you. Or if you're suffering, singing yourself can minister to you. So it's like, it's just such a huge opportunity and then like a, a a gift to sing yourself and to hear other people sing and then be able to add that, you know, when you sing, you're adding to, like you're saying, like ministering to other people's hearts. And so it's a like, I think it is a very important special gift yeah. that you miss out on if you don't. No, I completely agree. One of the biggest blessings of being up front, like if you sit up front, you get to hear mm-hmm. everybody sing. And if you lead from the front, you get to see everybody sing. Yes. And yeah. there is real joy. In this. So that's why I tell people, Look around at other people mm-hmm. as you're singing, and uh, the Lord uses that yeah. to minister to your heart. That is one thing, too. Like, I am not, like, naturally, I'm expressive. Like, I'm fairly expressive. Like, I laugh giggle. all the time. Yeah. Yes, but, like, when it comes to singing, I'm not. Even though I feel it sometimes in my heart, like, I don't, like, I've never been to, like, one to, like, raise my hand, because I've always had the thing, like, when that, when it's more of just an appearance mm-hmm. than a reaction, mm-hmm. I'm, like, I don't want to do that, so then I've never done it. Like, right. even though it's not a bad thing when it's coming from the heart and you're just responding to truth. So, like, if I'm playing and I'm, like, I look up and I look at people, like, genuinely, sincerely, sis, like, sin, sincerely. sincerely, I was like, what did I just say? <laughs> but, like, lifting their hands or, like, praising because of, like, you can tell that it's true and genuine, that, too, yep. the same, like, when I hear them inspires me and, and, and like encourages me too. Cause I'm like, Oh yes. You know, that's what we're trying to do as like a worship team is to just lead people in worship. Yep. And so when you hear people singing and see people singing, you know, it's an encouragement. And then when you don't see people singing, sometimes you can wonder like, Oh man, you should sing. Like, <laughs> You're missing. <laughs> yeah. Out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It can be discouraging. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm encouraged so many times on Sunday mornings. I, I should say this. We're not. Yeah. No, this is not going to be a downer. No, no, yes. No. That um, I'm so encouraged when people are singing mm-hmm. and I can hear it. And so we have a, a singing congregation. Yes, we do. But with anything, we have room to grow, yep. all of us. Yep. And, and we should grow in this area of public praise and singing. Yep. So let's do that. Cool. Well, we'll land there. Aiden, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. This is such a great honor, honor and privilege. Yes, it is. (laughs) And uh, thank you for your years of labor on the artwork. Now we will. This this podcast is going to go to unimaginable heights. Yes, that's right. Most of all, we thank you to our listeners. Thank you for listening to Enduring to the End of this podcast. (laughs) We do pray that the conversations we have here would be helpful first for the members of Calvary Bible Church, that they would be built up as the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God. If you're part of another local church, we pray our conversation helps you serve faithfully there where the Lord has placed you. If you enjoy the podcast, give us a rating and a review. Five stars only, only. please. Yep. That's right. We love the interaction with our listeners, so let us know what you think about the show. You can send us topics to discuss, questions or comments you might have. The easiest way you can get a hold of us, 
you're a part of our church, just talk to us in person. Give us a call or a text. Otherwise, send us an email at thecalvarycast at gmail.com. Follow us on the socials for the exciting review yes. of the new album. Yes. Art, Instagram, and X. We are at the Calvarycast. At Calvary, we exist for the glory of God, the good of his people, and the Great Commission. Until next time.